Today, my guest is Charles D'Amato, the Chief Product Officer and Managing Partner of Anagent. Thank you to all who are listening. Welcome back. I recently learned about Anagent and their software surveillance product, and I wanted to share that product with you, those of you out there that also may not be familiar with it. Charles, or Chuck, as we will call him, is has a clinical pharmacist background. And he is the person responsible for a lot of the logic behind the drug diversion solution from Anagent. So he's been one of those that has been looking for diversion and he has used what he has learned to then turn it into a software surveillance package. So welcome, Chuck. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. It is uh, exciting to me to have a software surveillance product out there that is designed by a pharmacist. So if you wouldn't mind, start by telling us a little bit about your background and what prompted you to develop a drug diversion software product. Thank you and uh, welcome everyone. My name is Chuck Diamato. I am a pharmacist by trade. Um, I've been a pharmacist for over 30 years and um, I've worked at uh, Mayo Clinic previously for over 20 years as a clinical pharmacist. Um, I specialized in surgical area and anesthesia, but I've worked uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, I supervised pharmacy operations administratively for a, a, a pretty long time. I moved on and became the uh, supervisor of the pharmacy IT program, and then eventually the um, supervisor of the drug diversion uh, program. And um, a common question um, that I get asked all the time is, how did you get involved in drug diversion, the passion that you have? for drug diversion. Um, and it all started about, you know, roughly about 10 years ago in my administrative role. We, um, I was called to assist on a nurse um, that had been uh, tampering with fentanyl vials. And of course, at that moment, we didn't know that um, this nurse was tampering with fentanyl vials. Um, and um, I come to find out that the nurse had been working there for over nine months. And it really um, set in motion something uh, within me to, to try to find a, a different way or a different solution to be able to deal and detect somebody uh, or any individual like this that was uh, diverting and putting a patient at risk and the institutions at risk. And um, it was at that point that I set about to uh, try to look at things from a different model, you know, kind of really kind of thinking outside the box about how do we identify these? Because we are using the all of the normal traditional methods that are actually still deployed today. And um, I wanted to find something more along uh, of a predictive analytics and create that. So I went home and um, in the middle of the night after kids are bed and my wife thinks I'm a crazy man, um, I'm learning and, and teaching myself how to computer code. And yeah. it was from there that the prototype, um, the map analytics was created and um, the vision um, has come forward um, from there um, a good 10 plus years ago from that day. Um, when we took that uh, prototype and we brought it back into Mayo Clinic, Arizona at that time, uh, we were able to run that against the anesthesia data. And almost instantly, we found two diverters um, that had been there for many, many, many years. And we were never able to detect uh, in the past. So that point, Mayo Clinic was um, sold potential and the value of it and um, Anagent was born from that. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. A lot of times that's how things get started, but 
kudos to you for spending all your free time learning how to to write code and very rewarding i'm sure when you first started to put it out there and, and found the the two people immediately and then past that time did you roll it out to all of the mayo clinics then for kind of a trial and fine-tuning well, initially, um, especially in the very early days, it was about um, really understanding the clinical practice and how um, developing something um, of this nature could be utilized in a clinical environment because there's so much variability that occurs mm -hmm. within every clinical institution. And in a lot of cases, it's straight on down to even the specific nursing unit or, or anesthesia unit because um, there's lots of variabilities. You have um, changes in staffing resources. You have uh, different medications, compounded medications. You have hardware, different ADC platforms, EHR platforms. So just to name a few, um, hundreds and hundreds of different variables. So we had to start there first to try to understand what the problem was. And that is really kind of what um, Antigen is really built around. It's about understanding the clinical practice and developing the solution and, and adapting um, the solution to that practice. We spend an immense amount of time when we walk into a facility uh, understanding the practice, um, hours, countless hours, uh, going through the pharmacy department, understanding how things interact, the workflows, and then configuring and customizing that solution um, to meet the clinical practice versus what we get a lot of times with other software solutions, which is a um, an inventory control um, model or a compliance model that is being adapted to clinical practice. So they're very, very different. Um, we believe that our model um, is extremely effective and it does uh, eliminate um, a lot of the false positives and covers all of the gaps. It's pretty comprehensive. Okay. So that was going to be one of my questions, but I think you just answered is all the male hospitals are not all the same. They don't have the same ADM and the same EMRs and um, in some cases, they've they've done an excellent job of trying to standardize across the practice. Um, the the uh, EMR has um, been standardized, um, and they uh, do use the same ADC provi provider across the enterprise. But the differences of uh, how those devices are utilized, where they're located, um, the mount that they have, um, and um, and actually even more importantly is each of the doctors practice in those areas. Um, I mean, it's almost like two surgeons never ever operate the same way and use the same medications. So the solution has to be adaptable, has to be able to understand the differences in that practice and, and, yeah. and be effective at it. Yeah, very true. What's What works on a medicine floor is not gonna work in the cath lab or in the OR. I mean, it's it's completely different, very true. The product, I know you started with the male facilities. What year did you launch this out for people outside of Mayo? What, like, what was the year that you started from? It's been 10 years, I think you mentioned, but how long has it been available for outside the Mayo system? Actually, not very long. Um, we've been, uh, we're uh, right now currently um, implementing in um at least 84 Mayo Clinic facilities at this point right now. So um, we've been around for less than two years as a, as a, okay. as a company. Um, so we're very new in that respect, but we've been able to achieve quite a bit because all of the prototype, the testing and the refinement and the proof of concept has been actually done within Mayo Clinic Arizona for so long. And um, this has been running in Mayo Clinic Arizona for over seven years with um, incredible success 
to the point that Mayo Clinic got behind us and wanted to roll this out to the rest of the, the different facilities. So we've spent um, a lot of time um, really uh, building a commercial scalable product um, that has an incredible interface and, and functionality. Um, and again, um, utilizing a lot of that time to configure and get things right at all of the different facilities of Mayo Clinic at this point right now. Um, and now what we're really after is to um, reach out to a lot of other institutions and show them uh, the value and the paradigm shift that has occurred with this new solution, the predictive analytics model. Okay, that's neat. Yeah, I think a lot of the, 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 most of the companies are pretty new, maybe not quite as new as the two years, if you count, you know, how long you've been available to others, but there's continual development and feedback and change this and do that. So it sounds like that painful part has already been done by the mail facilities, which is kind of nice. Then your customers moving forward will get a product that has had a lot of that done already by Mayo and, and that I, that's a, I'd say that's a plus. So in addition to that, which you mentioned, like what would you say really sets your product apart from the others? Obviously it's been in play for a long time and you've worked out a lot of the kinks, but what really sets it apart from the others? I think what makes uh, the uh, map analytics product different from other platforms is, is because it's really truly the first and only comprehensive uh, predictive analytics solution. I know there's you know a lot of other um, software providers that are out there that um, say that they might be able to do this or that, but we're, um, we can actually do that because it's been proven. Um, it's been built from the clinical ground up so that it has been embedded within a clinical environment so that we understand how things work. Um, we've been able to show that with uh, multiple diversion cases, no matter where we um, uh, implement the solution. Um, we recently had another facility that we had implemented on and it wasn't but um, just a, a flip of the switch. We turned this on and within uh, you know a week, they were already turning over rocks and finding uh, potential diversion cases. Um, as far as um, how the program is built and what makes us different is we utilize a risk compliance model. So it basically um, finds the anomalies within uh, data and behaviors and it identifies the cause behind those and then assigns risk values to those costs. Because uh, typically within diversion, um, everything is not black and white. Um, it, it is a lot of gray. And um, it, what might look on the surface like it's diversion, um, many times is practiced. In fact, uh, for the longest time, um, we've always said that 99% of the errors that occur in an institution um, is, is practice. Um, but 1% of that is diversion. And finding that 1%, out of all of the, 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 the noise and the false positives of that 99% um, makes it very, very difficult. Um, we do an outstanding job of being able to find that cause and longitudinally track that pattern over time uh, based upon risk and identify uh, true diverters rather than having to spend countless days and hours doing data mining. And that, that is probably the main focus of what the difference is, is that we're able to actually identify diverters versus um, just providing a bunch of data to that end user, that auditor, and having them have to go and try to determine who their highest risk individual is. I would say that there is probably um, a couple other features. Um, we are the only solution that has an integrated 
waste module and waste assay um, component that also has volume uh, discrepancy um, integration and that all flows within our main system. So we get a nice comprehensive approach. And then the final feature I would add is, is that our, our accuracy. Um, we have very um, robust peer-to-peer -peer analytics that is really looking at um, apples to apples and um, without all the, the, the incorrect information and um, the false positives that can corrupt that data. Okay, can you tell me more about your waste analytics? Sure, um, our waste analytics is based upon um, a, again, an optional uh, feature uh, that is included because um, the way we uh, view um, the solution, the overall solution, the comprehensive solution, preventing diversion, is you can't, um, you, you can't be, uh, you can't just work in just one area where you have electronic comparison between the ADC and the EHR. You're going to have those diverters that are just going to steal your waste, or they're going to tamper with product. And that, as we all know, is probably our highest risk in the place that we don't want to go, because that's where the real patient harm can, can, can occur. And then the last real uh, um, feature, of course, is the peer-to-peer -peer where you get that false documentation. Um, so the waste uh, reconciliation module and the waste assay module become um, an, an integral part of the comprehensive review. It integrates that activity and those behaviors within the overall um, analysis of every single solitary user. Okay. So does your product actually do the assaying or do you partner with somebody that does the assaying? Our, our uh, waste assay module is agnostic. It can be used with any okay. of the uh, current devices that exist out there um, to okay. uh, do on-site testing or even if you were to send it off to your lab. Okay. All right. Great. What Currently, what part of the chain of custody does your software cover? So if you, you have the ability to do the waste assay, do you take it from manufacturer all the way through or what part of the chain of custody? Um, the MAP program itself, uh, MAP Analytics, covers um, everything from the narcotics vault straight on through to um, administration and wasting. So we have uh, very tight controls, uh, data points throughout that entire system, and analysis of everything that goes on through there. Um, uh, commonly, folks will say, well, you know, where is... Um, the procurement analysis and surveillance on that side of it. And what we did is recognizing that need to provide a comprehensive um, from end to end solution. We have partnered uh, with Consortiex um, that does that front end uh, procurement um, surveillance. So um, we want to be able to provide a solution across for all medications, again, all locations and for all users. And, and our program doesn't just work on controlled substances. It works for lots of different things, and it could be for lots of non-controlled meds too, including things like Botox or Propofol um, or any other requested med that an institution would like to monitor. Okay. All right. That makes sense. In a previous call, you had mentioned that you are able to look at whether a user is clocked in, so to say, that they should be accessing things, but you don't use the time clock to do it. Can you give us any insight on how you uh, accomplish that without using a time clock system? Sure. Um, the map analytics purposely uh, does not use time card data for several reasons. Um, the way we see it is the first uh, uh, 
issue we have with that data from time cards is that it's easily corrupted. Um, employee error, I forgot to swipe in, I, I forgot the badge out, and, um, and a typical payroll period is two weeks. Um, you, would have, or you would have to really technically wait that two-week period to be able to um, get that data corrected, um, or you're going to ingest that uh, corrupted data, and then that would potentially corrupt a lot of other um, downstream uh, output from your program. So um, we have a, a we, we are very concerned about using time card data for that reason. Um, there's a second uh, um, issue that we have with time card data, which is um, every shift um, does not actually represent clinical care. Um, we have lots of people that go into uh, healthcare and I worked for the day and I clocked in, but I did uh, research or I was doing my uh, continuing education, mandatory educations that I had to do. So um, a shift is not necessarily a shift in our world, but um, because we're doing very precise peer-to-peer -peer analysis, we had to create a different um, intelligent way to understand the differences and comparisons between peers. And um, if somewhere, someone, an individual were to access an ADC device or an EHR device uh, wrongfully, um, I came in and I wasn't scheduled to work that day and I came in and I accessed the EHR or the ADC, um, our triangulation system of the way that we look at the data um, would very easily pick that person up. And um, that is a, a kind of a proprietary method it involves hundreds of different variables all looked at the same time. And, but in our testing, we found that it has been much more accurate than using the time card data. Okay. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, I know what you mean about the corruption and they just forgot to clock in and it's like, okay, we're going to ignore that for now. Um, Cause yeah, that happens. What would you say to a hospital administrator that does not have a diversion monitoring program, but they say, we don't have a problem here and we're fine. We, we don't need, our people don't, divert and we don't need a monitoring program. <laughs> yes. My response to that hospital administrator, uh, believing that they don't have a diversion um, a problem within their system, um, all we have to do is look nationally. Um, a lot of the studies um, that have been provided to DEA and a number of others that have looked at this, they've said, you know, there's a 10 to 20 percent estimate estimated uh, drug abuse problem that is going on within healthcare itself. Um, I've happened to believe that the pandemic has probably made things extremely worse. Um, I, I see that. I hear these um, when you have teams of care being given to uh, with the gowning in and gowning out. Um, we have a lot of handoff of medications that changes things. Uh, we have an increased use of contract employees um, that changes things. Um, and uh, there's been, uh, unfortunately, less focus on practice standards. So all of these different events that have occurred have um, made detection that much more difficult. And in my 10 years of, of, of doing diversion monitoring across many institutions, um, there's a lot of diversion that occurs. And every time we've gone to a new place, we have found diversion. It doesn't matter where it is. And um, so my belief is, is that institutions that think that they do not have any diversion, it doesn't exist, likely don't have the technology to even see it or detect it. Um, map analytics provides that insight of diversion, but yet we do it within the framework of practice improvement. So we start everything where we're trying to identify these issues proactively and get them corrected early on is very, very helpful, particularly with new employees and contract employees. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have diversion, you're not looking. 
That's that's really the bottom line. You've mentioned a couple of, of cases that you've discovered using the software. Are there one or two that stick out in your mind? Any case studies you can share with us as how the software works and what it identified and the outcome? Oh, so many cases, uh, unfortunately and sadly. Um, but um, there are a, a couple that definitely come to mind. Um, one of them was one of the very original and first ones. And I, I want to highlight this one because um, this individual was an anesthesia provider and mm -hmm. this person had been working uh, almost 10 years with us, uh, actually a friend of mine and uh, that I had worked with on a number of things. Great guy, uh, did a lot of um, very, very friendly and everything else. Well, when we turn on the MAP program, we were able to see the pattern of behavior that was going on with this individual, unfortunately. And um, this individual had a, and this is public information, of course, um, a very robust fentanyl habit. And um, we were able to see it right away. We were able to bring this person in, um, meet with them, and uh, fortunately uh, get this corrected and, 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 and managed. Um, and to this day, uh, that individual um, says that we saved their life. And mm. uh, yeah. So it makes you makes you feel pretty good about that part of mm -hmm. it because unfortunately um, a lot of our cases uh, were sad. But I will say um, because we work in data and um, because of how we are are analyzing the information, um, I always say that we probably protect twenty times more people than we have actually found because we're able to remove um, the suspicion of diversion a lot of times when on the surface it looks like somebody had been doing something wrong. Yeah. A, a second case I might point out um, involved a uh, nurse. Um, and unfortunately, this case did not turn out as well as I would have liked. Um, we identified uh, this particular user um, in uh, unbelievably very, very sophisticated uh, scenarios occurring. Um, they were had um, five, six different events that occurred within 24 hours and, and had been working for almost a year and a half with no diversion. Um, history whatsoever. Um, what we come to find out later on is this person was actually working at a different hospital system. And in addition to working with us, and for whatever reason, they must have um, just decided that they were going to need to get their, their fix this particular day. And they um, were picked up within 24 hours and actually terminated within 48. We, um, we were all over that from, from uh, day one. So very proactive solution. We're able to see even uh, a rotation of a number of different methods all being deployed in very, very small volumes. Mm -hmm which is what we've seen a lot of these days is diverters trying to cover their tracks. They're very much aware of the traditional methods to monitor. Um, so they're trying to beat that system. Um, yeah. How long did you have the full monitoring system in place with that particular nurse? Had it been there for most of the year that, that they were working with you? Yes. Yes. And that's how we were able to um, realize that, that we were monitoring um, across the board, uh, you know, every single solitary user. And when we, when we saw this, uh, these events that occurred that particular day, you know, alarm bells are going off on the program. And we went back and looked at the history and said, wow, that's really strange. This individual has never had an event, anything that we have seen before. And, um, you know, because we're looking at things from many different angles, um, they did not have anything. And now all suddenly they decided to use these methods that, of course, we picked up. And it wasn't just one, it was five. I, I to this day, amazingly, this, per, this uh, nurse, was relatively new to healthcare, but 
I almost thought there was a component of organized crime because um, the sophistication level of, of this person's knowledge of how systems works and how to basically beat the system was amazing. And um, sadly, um, we reported all this information in this individual um, and, and, and terminate this individual. But um, it took um, uh, this person went on to work at a number of different institutions uh, for some time. And then eventually um, they were caught and um, had to surrender their license. Mm, yeah, I'm curious. Do you did do the staff at your hospitals know that they're being monitored? I'm curious if she knew that there was monitoring at your facility, but the other one that she was working at, maybe they didn't, they had lots of gaps. It was a little bit easier, but like you said, there just came a day where she had to, you know, do it once at your facility and then she ended up getting caught. Yes. I fully believe that to be the case is that um, our, uh, the culture has changed and we've had that, um, even within our own um, audits within our, our system across the enterprise is um, that is the first thing that we always talk about is the collaboration between all of the different departments and the drug diversion prevention team. And I mean, that includes pharmacy, anesthesia, nursing, and but the collaboration of everybody, the awareness of controlled substance policy mm-hmm. um, is robust. But what we, um, what what most people don't understand is the um, detection capabilities of the MAP program and what we're able to do. And I think that this individual was probably very um, comfortable uh, diverting at uh, any other institution they might have been working at. Um, they did not have this uh, robust monitoring program, um, but we were already employing MAP analytics um, all that time. And we were able to pick them up uh, very, very quickly. Um, and, it, and we pushed this data out in front of this individual and there was there was nothing you could do but yeah. get us. So yeah. um, it's all data driven. Right, right. Okay. Well, that's fascinating. And sometimes I think that just knowing that there's a program and knowing that there is a culture of monitoring and and you know prevention and that type of thing that keeps somebody from even dipping in the first time. Yeah, I, I, I will say the one thing that we do get Terry is is that um, uh, we we typically. Uh, after that first wave, uh, as particularly if you go into a new location, we would go into an ED department and an institution, and you're going to catch those initial people that have been there, probably been there for a very, very long time. Sure. Um, what typically happens is, is that uh, people that start to understand and start to realize that um, there is surveillance um, they'll take off and go someplace else where there is no surveillance. Mm-hmm. Where we're after that first wave, a lot of times what happens is is that uh, you're now catching the new employee and the contract employees. But we're also um, we because we can see the practice so well. Um, a lot of times we can get these people right it very very quickly. And if they're truly not diverting and it's just sloppy practice or they're not paying attention, um, we can get them onboarded correctly. So um, we've been able to get a lot of behaviors corrected that on the surface might look like diversion, um, but we've been able to uh, fix those. So um, it has worked very very well and very effectively at, at preventing diversion. Yeah, and making them better practitioners if it's not diversion. So that's great. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Chuck. Um, I've enjoyed hearing about your product and um, hope those there's I'm going to guess there's probably a lot out there that are not familiar with your company and with your product. So it's nice to get that information out that there's another one out there that sounds great. I'm most excited that it's a pharmacist that developed it because 
there's a different thought process and it uh, is great that, that you took the time to develop it. So thank you very much for sharing about Antigen. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.